as soon as the big bad uh, American boyfriend split, the Taliban <laughs> went, good. The fucking American boyfriend's gone now, so now let's get back in there and, uh, you know, light them on fire and make them wear burlap sacks on their face. The big bad it's American like, boyfriend. He's got Christ. a Harley and yeah. fucking sungla- wraparound sunglasses and... Yeah, he's oh, he's basic. He's, he's basically uh, what's uh, what, Jason Statham. He's yeah. Jason Statham in uh, the Expendables. No, he's Vin Diesel. Because yeah, Jason Statham's Diesel's not American, Seth. right? Like, let's. I know, but you know, but yeah. All right, I'll go Vin Diesel. But Vin Diesel, is familiar, you know. It's, it, Vin Diesel is a is an honorable man. I would say the American boyfriend <laughs> is probably not that honorable. I'm Don Hall. And I'm David Himmel. And this is the Literate Apecast. Be advised, these apes are not emotional support animals, and they fling verbal poo. Listen with caution. Is the world going completely to shit, or is it just the news, my friend? Well, I mean, that's we could start this very quickly. Like, the news is to blame for all of it, for making us feel like it's going to shit. I mean, I, no, it's not the news's fault. What I think is the the world has been going to shit since humans took control of it. Like, there's been a slow decline of horrible things. The murder rate has spiked ever since humans started killing each other. <laughs> you know. There were no reports of murder when it was just lions and elephants and shit, right? They didn't call it murder. It was just yeah, a it was just it was dinner time. And, and, yeah. and why is it why is it any different? Why is it any different with humans than it is for like lions and antelope? Because they're a better, they're just better people than we are. Lions, they're not. They're lions not are better people. This than isn't humans a are. Pixar movie. Nah, this is not a come Pixar hey, movie. There's... Buddy, those are documentaries. Oh, okay, fair Zootopia enough. Zootopia is a documentary. About uh, that's not Pixar. About Afrofuturism. Well, it's Disney. Same shit. Is it? No, it's <laughs> DreamWorks, dude. It's DreamWorks. It's not. It's Are you Disney. sure? Yeah, it's because I watch it all the time on fucking Disney. Oh, Plus. I guess. Yeah, I guess you're the. I guess you're the one with the kid. Yeah, <laughs> don't I, come I, at I, me about I, Disney I, movies, buddy. I will not. All right, dude, yeah. I'm backing that. I will back that shit off. That's no, that I mean, is totally fine. I, we could take the nihilist approach that you know nothing matters. It's all dying. It's you know the, the, what is that the the great the great and mighty Woody Allen said in uh, Annie Hall, uh, the universe is expanding, you know, that whole thing. And, uh-huh, you know, yeah. so there is a level of that. But no, the reality is j- just this week was just a hard week to get through the news. Like, you know, so, I, all right. So tell me, tell me what, because, you know, because I'm, this is the thing. And I hear it from you. I get a little of it from you. And then uh, Bob Fisher puts on this fucking just <laughs> gloom and fucking doom. The world's coming to an end, and I can't find any hope in a hopeless land. And when I, I had a when, when we were in L.A., we were hanging out with my buddy Don Smith, and we were talking about my disbelief in the 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 you know we, we've already had the conversation how I don't believe there is such a thing as evil, and so he and I get into this long, long, and he finally. He finally gets really mad at me. He goes, you know what? Fuck you. I love you, but fuck you. I believe there are good people trying to do good things. That's it. Shut up. Sure. And so we talked about other things. Very funny. But at one point, I'm talking about this, and Dana looks at me. She goes, how do you do that? How do you do that? And I said, what? She goes, you just you, you, you sit here for an hour and talk about how hopeless and shitty and awful everything is in the world, and that's a completely normal thing, and somehow <laughs> you still are optimistic? Fuck you. That's stupid. I was like, oh, maybe I am kind of stupid. I'm well, foolish. But uh, there is, you do have a, a really unshakable optimism. And I've, we've talked about this. I've said this about you to you. Uh, it's something I admire greatly about you, that your optimism... And, and it's not it's not a, a Pollyanna optimism. No, it's not like you're I'm, not an I'm uninformed not, idiot. Yeah, you're just I'm not you're, walking around bumping into things, going, "Oh, life is good." Yeah, like you're you're choosing, yeah. you're making the choice to be like, "All right, yes, yeah. here's a bad thing, but here are, you know, three good things to balance." To balance it. So the world is, is balanced. It, There's balance to the a, universe. I, I absolutely believe that you are everything happy is balanced out. You are happy Thanos. <laughs> I'm happy Thanos. Which we're like going to talk about that at the end of the we show, are too, talk, because I'm holy sure Jesus Christ. But that was awesome. No, yes, I, I, I know I, what you're going to talk about. And I think I, I'm past the stage 
I'll, let me just say this, is that I think I'll come back to it at some points because... All right. Um, but I, I'm generally past the stage of, oh my God, the world is ending, doom and gloom. I think we're, we're in that if we just accept it. And this is maybe taking a page out of the Don Hall, Don Hall's book of optimism. Um, you know, like, th- this is where we're at. And it's... What do we expect? Like, this is... Okay, so this week, the, the, the doom scroll, as you call it, we yeah, were talking talk about this earlier. Yeah, talk to me about your, yeah, your doom scroll. You know, I, I'd go to it, look at the news, or I'd see my, you know, my, my Washington Post newsletter come in, my Atlantic newsletter come in, my Apple News, yep. you know, whatever. And it's all like, all right, what should I read? Should I read about the shit show in Afghanistan? Should I read about the failure of American, uh, you know, the, the 20 years of, of Afghanistan? Should I read about Haiti's terrible earthquake? And the tropical storm that thankfully uh, died down was was downgraded from a hurricane to a tropical storm. Should I read about that? Uh, should I read about um, are fires still happening in California? I can't even remember. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just like yeah, we're getting smoke. We're getting smoke. Our, our air quality is now like L.A. type because we're getting all the the yeah. smoke coming in from the wildfires here in Las Vegas. So, there's yeah. the, there's the hurricane that's coming up the eastern seaboard right now. That's going to hit oh, yeah. Long Island. What of the, it was just like, there was nothing, I couldn't even find dumb shit from Fox News about, you know, Christy Brinkley steps out in a bikini, you know, whatever Fox News bullshit they put on when the world is crumbling. You know, when we have a, a week of really heavy news, there's always a Fox News story in my Apple News feed of, uh, you so know, I have, I have Fox Justice News Smollett actually. wearing new high heels. Yeah, I actually have, have, have that blocked in my Apple well, yeah. News. I have but like Fox even, News blocked. Even the dumb shit. Like I couldn't even, I'll, read, even, I'll read conservative news, just not Fox. Even BuzzFeed and People Magazine weren't popping up. Like it was just, my feed was so, my algorithm was so consumed and overwhelmed with, <laughs> with doom. So this week I was just kind of like, I, I, I can't. And it was also a lot of it, I didn't feel the need to read it because... And I will go back and read some of the stuff so I can be educated. But so wait a minute, you oh. did okay. So wait a minute, you literally <laughs> got doom scrolled by headlines alone. Yeah, I just didn't. I didn't. I wasn't in the mood to read the horror shit. I was reading other things. Um, more see, well, see, I guess that's the thing uh, is cause, blue cause sky right higher now, level stuff. One one of the things that that I think is interesting is Afghanistan right now. Okay, that is either chaos right mm-hmm. it's either a complete botched chaos and all hell's breaking loose or it's just chaos at the airport and depending on what you read if you read enough <laughs> things i mean okay. the thing about it is i read and i read it i mean that's the thing is i just read an article yesterday that that basically was kabul is life is normal i mean everybody's like uh, <laughs> do it that this is sure. the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. that outside of like the like the four square miles surrounding the airport, uh, people are working. <laughs> they're going doing their jobs. They're watching Netflix. They're doing. They're they're living their life, and it just happens to be in this one particular area where everybody's terrified of the Taliban is trying to get out, where it's just complete fucking utter chaos, and so. I mean, there's a couple things that I, I, I and I I wrote a piece a long long time ago. Um, that I don't even, they probably made one of my books, I don't know. But basically, it, it posited the idea of, you know, a man building a balsa wood house on Miami Beach. Right. And how wonderful, yeah. how wonderful it was to have this, I mean, he's got a seaside view, he's right there mm. on the beach. Yeah. He gets up in the morning, and instead of taking a shower, he just goes and jumps in the oh, fucking ocean. And dream. Oh, my God. God, I'm so but jealous of this guy. But it's a fucking balsa wood house, and all it takes yeah, is so one what? tropical store, and that oh, shit's knocked down. Yeah. And so my question is, and maybe this is, because Dana and I have talked about this a lot in our, our marriage, it's like the, the idea of setting certain expectations, that expectations are... The road to sort of this uh, anxiety that you're talking about, you know, the expectations, expectations are that you're going to have a yeah. week, yeah, that you're going to have a week where there's not uh, this going on. And I guess my, you know, ever since they announced that they were going to start getting out of Afghanistan, it was what what did people think was going to happen? Did well, they think it was just, just going to be like real easy and that and this corrupt Afghanistan government was somehow going to be? Democratized and that the Taliban were going to go. Okay, we're done. We were done a long time ago, and we, you know, the whole religious mania thing. That was crazy. Yeah, we're, sorry you know, about that, guys. Give me a Coca Cola and a smile. No, that was not going to ever happen. No. And so I read. You know, it's just I think it's interesting as I read on one hand, you know how botched and how horrifying this is, 
Um, I I remember reading how we shouldn't have been there in the first place, which we shouldn't have. Right. Um, and now and now I'm reading. Uh, now I'm reading all kinds of stuff. All these these uh, before they were anti-war people. I mean, the big, big anti-get out of Afghanistan. But now everybody's, oh, they're so concerned about the Afghan women. If you were that fucking concerned about the Afghan women, you had 20 years to do something yeah, about it. That's a lot of but shit. But you did jack shit. And so it's like, what did we expect was going to happen? There was no good way for us to extricate ourselves out of Afghanistan after 20 years of a preemptive, illegal war. There was no way we were getting out of there clean. Right. Well, here, so why is anybody shocked? That, why is that doom scroll? Why why are we why are we filled with anxiety over this? We knew this was coming. Anybody with a brain could see this coming. Well, that's that's why I didn't I didn't feel the need to. I, I looked at the the news feed and was just like, nah, I'll get to the shit later because I didn't feel that there was nothing was nothing was surprising to me. And the whole point yeah. of expectations. I learned this trick when I was thirteen years old, when I was in seventh and eighth grade. And I was in the midst of the bar bat mitzvah scene, where every Saturday we had like you know at least one, sometimes two bar bat mitzvahs to go to. I would have all these expectations about, you know, the girls I'm going to dance with, or maybe I'm going to kiss my girlfriend, or like what fun it's going to be. And I was always, always disappointed because it didn't play out the way that I had expected it to. So I learned pretty quickly: just don't go in with expectations. Just go. And what happens, happens, and do what you can to dance with the girl you want to dance with or kiss your girl, or whatever the hell it was that I wanted to get out of it. Just make that effort in, the, in real time and see what happens. So I've carried that through since I was fucking, you know, barely pubescent, which is yeah. why I don't get twisted up by this stuff. Like, it's infuriating to me the way that America's handled pretty much every aspect of the last 20 years as, as it regards to the war on terror and and foreign relations. Of course, Iraq was a shit show. Of course, Afghanistan is a shit show. We, America has, n has not won a war in 70 something years. We barely won world war two. I'm going to say, let's be, let, arguably we've never won we've never, a war. We, yeah. We, I mean, we won not the on civil our own. War. I mean, to me, to me to say, that, and, and I, and I, and it's one of those things I think is very interesting is because a lot of people would say that, oh, well, Don, you don't, you don't believe in this. You don't believe in the concept of privilege. I totally believe in it. I just don't feel guilty about it. You know, but right. the thing about it is America's, it, it's the, the same idea that America has won a war, any war yeah. that America won it is the same as anybody saying that they accomplished their, you know, Fortune 500 job by themselves. Right. It's just, no, you know what I mean? It's right. like, shut the fuck up. Shut up. Nobody's, everybody's a part of this. And it, and it is the, the, the thing that is probably, I think, the most myopic part of society right now is is the idea that, that, we're separate, that we're, that, that for us to succeed on mass, it has to be at the expense of one or the other, or, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And, and that's a very competitive thing, and I totally understand it, but it's, it's sort of like everything we've ever done that was like really an advance was done in, as, as a unification of groups of people that probably wouldn't have dinner with each other. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, I mean, that's just, that's just the thing. I mean, we like, um, I was, we can look at, we've never installed a government successfully. I mean, we installed a government in Iran back in the 70s, but that lasted for about a minute, and it really, really backfired, really mm -hmm. backfired on us. We saw what happened in Vietnam. We went, into, we went to a war that had been fought for decades before we even got there that nobody could win. We did the yeah. exact same thing with Afghanistan. The yeah, exact that's exactly same thing. What we, did. we trained the, what became the Taliban. To fight the Russians. We gave them money, training, weapons. Yeah. And, they, and then oh, yeah. they used them against us. And then they used the Soviet weapons that they left behind against, this, against us. Like, we, I just, like, it's, it's so not a surprise. We are not a good, we're not good at winning wars, at, in, at, 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 at solving the world's problems, at well, installing know, it, democracy. It, Fuck it's off. It's a really interesting thing, because I read an article uh, that I thought was actually dead on, like, like absolutely on point, is like, will anybody ever learn 
how to handle Afghanistan when it comes to like larger countries coming in and, and, and trying to, and China has got it. They figured it out. They've watched, mm -hmm. they've watched Afghanistan go through people, you know, literally governments coming in and saying, we're going to fucking pummel you. We're going to beat you fucking down until you do what we say. Yep. And as soon as they leave, they say, yep, go fuck yourself. Thanks for the money yep. and the weapons. And now we're going to do our own thing. China is, really making overtures in a cooperative way with the people of Afghanistan yeah. and they're going to win. They're going to, they're going to win Afghanistan because they're being persuasive rather than forceful. Punitive. Yeah, or, yeah, and, yeah. And amazing. And amazingly, it's funny. Um, Cause I, it's like, maybe I just, uh, if there's, if there's a frustration that I have with uh, specifically Americans and the American outlook, is we had four years of Donald Trump, who was a big pissy bully, who used the internet to shit all over everybody, and amazingly, he didn't change minds. He did not change. He did not win hearts and minds. Nope. He divided people. And so the people that want to win hearts and minds, what do they do? They do exactly what Donald Trump did, mm -hmm. which is the same thing as the United States. We, we say, hey, what we're going to do is we're going to scream and yell and lecture everybody else in the world and hope that that will somehow change hearts and minds. And that's not how it works. And one of the things that I thought was interesting in terms of like the doom scroll, and I'm not doomed about it. I just think it's funny. I'll be honest with you. The absurdity <laughs> of human, the absurdity of human. Three years ago, almost like last week, three years ago since Greta Thunberg held her strike, right? And, 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 and I thought, wait a minute. You mean a child shaming and lecturing us? Didn't foment change? Yeah. Because it doesn't look like, I mean, the IPCC came out last week. It's, it doesn't look like anything she said mattered, except for that we got into a big fucking argument about people trolling a child, and then we immediately, the other side, trolled another child because he had a smirk and a MAGA hat. I mean, when are we going to get it in our heads that the, that, that, that the beat people into submission and make them afraid of things isn't a way to win their hearts and minds. It's a way to try to subjugate them. And in America, we can't even get people to fucking wear face masks. So I know subjugation is really not uh, not a great. It's not a great policy. It's just not a great policy. And so, in terms of the news, here I'll give you the. the I guess this is why I you know have that optimism. And I think I've told you this before. It's one of my artistic images. My go-to artistic images. Um, and we did a show called Cross Currents that, that was really based on this idea. But I, I, I look at the whole planet, I look at the whole world as just imagine a giant, like New York's, a New York apartment building, right? It's like a, you know, it's like, it's, you know, it's like a hundred apartment windows. You yeah. Know, you can see it. You stand from the street and you see a hundred apartment windows. And they're all, now, now imagine the front facade, like just the first, like, five feet four feet of it are just it's just sliced right off and so you pull it back and now you can see <laughs> like you know like like an advent calendar you can see everything going on in all of these 100 apartments on any given day you can see everything going on yeah and know that in those 100 apartments that there are going to be five of them where somebody's dying Somebody is dying, and Jesus. either they're dying, either it's cancer or it's a murder or it's you know whatever <laughs> accidental. Five people are dying. Yeah. On the other hand, there are five people have who just had a baby, and now they've got a baby in there. You know, there are five people that are think are contemplating suicide, and five people who are having birthdays. And there are five people beating on their spouses, and there are five people caretaking for, you know, and, do, and you know, like being romantic or sweet or whatever. Yeah. Is that that, to me, maybe that's why I have optimism to the world, is, is that I expect the death. Uh, there's a war, there is always a war somewhere. Yeah. For as long as there's been written word, there has been written word about the wars that are going on. There's wars everywhere, and it's always going on somewhere. There is devastation. There is disaster. There is climate change. There is disease going on somewhere all the time. Yeah. But there are also, you know, while there's war and famine and all this stuff, there's there are kids going to Santa Monica Beach and swimming in the fucking ocean and throwing a fucking ping pong ball back and forth and, and Dude, laughing their fucking asses off. do you know how happy off. my son is? He's three years old. He went to the beach last week with school. Yeah. He took a field trip. Like, time got to ride on a bus? Whoa. To the beach? Like, yeah. Yeah. 
And there, there is this bizarre expectation in our, our overly leisured uh, world right now that every moment is supposed to be carefree and wonderful. Right. Well, that's, and, I think that's the and, American myth. I and, think that's part of the, um, the, the, yeah, the, that, that, the myth that comes out of the larger myth of American exceptionalism, is that well, there that, should be no hardship. Because for a long time, a lot of us, you know, from, from, from the fall of, of, of the Soviet Union, at the end of the Cold War, to th- those 10 years between end of the Cold War and 9-11, there was nothing. Like, everything was pretty freaking great. The economy was booming. Like, we had gotten AIDS under control. Like, everything was fantastic, except, you know, Bill Clinton screwed a, or stuck a cigar up an intern's Well, Well, I mean, hole. the thing about it, again, for every, every and, I, and I guess that's why I, 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 I can't buy into the concept of evil. I can't buy into the concept that that things are worse than they've ever been before. Because for every good thing you can say of that time period, there was the omnibus omnibus bill, and all of a sudden, yeah. uh, a real huge crackdown on getting what Hillary Clinton called at the time super predators, yeah, yeah, which equaled young black men putting them in prison. So for every hey, look how wonderful it is. There's some black kid that got put in prison for the rest of life during that very same time right. period in Chicago. John Burge was torturing right, exactly. black men into admitting to crimes they didn't commit, so he put them on death row. So for every good thing going on. There's there's going to be a there's going to be an equal and opposite bad thing happening to somebody. Well, that's just it because a lot of the crying about oh my god, it's like well yeah, of course it's terrible. Things are always there's always terrible things going on. So a lot of the oh my god and the 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 wailing about it is coming from liberal white people who well, never had to deal with hardship because the, well they're white I think people. <laughs> I well I no I don't think it's specifically liberal white people. I think it's, it's mostly uh, what I'm saying I, anyway. Yeah, well, and that's the thing. That's one of the things I was thinking about this the other because I'm working on my casino book and uh, really diving into the second draft. And one of the things that's kind of interesting, if there was, I don't know if there, I mean, I'm not going to make this a subtitle, but if there was sort of a, a, a subtitle to the thing, um, it would be something to the effect of what happens when you pull a liberal out of the hyper progressive bubble of Chicago and put him in an area where there's just a bit more reasonable discourse. Well, I would you argue know? right there that Chicago is not hyper progressive at all. My experience with Chicago is a lot of it. The 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 bubbles that I that things. I guess that's the thing is the bubble that I was in. I worked for fucking public radio, dude. I was <laughs> yeah, I was in a bubble of hyper progressive liberalism. But it's all and bullshit. Then I got, it's ideals. And then I got. It's then theoretical. I got put into well, then I got put into a casino, uh, a mile off the fucking strip where anything goes, and it's just uh, like some of the the people on the lowest end. You know, I mean, yeah. anybody that wants to talk, anybody wants to talk, lots of white privilege, uh, just needs to spend like a day in the wild, wild west sure. and watch all these methed out white people and just at the end of their fucking rope spending the last begging for $5 in free place so they can buy a pack of cigarettes. Yeah, tell me about your privilege yeah. then because these people are in, they're on the ass end of, of dick weed. Well, they are having look, a hard time. The, the progressive the progressive theory of Chicago, it, 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 it's totally theoretical. Katie and I were watching last night. We were... Just kind of farting around the house. We put on some. We wanted PBS, so we put on a, I don't know, some show about the the Great Chicago Fire. Did you know that Chicago burned to the ground? Like, totally fucking burned to the ground, in like the eighteen hundreds. That's crazy. Crazy it, story. It, it, it did. Yeah. It didn't actually burn completely to the ground, but okay. Well, I mean, a lot of it did. It's a big fire. Well, the, anyway. a good a good chunk of it. A good yeah. chunk of it. About about uh, actually about forty five percent. Yeah, which isn't even half. No, but anyway, yeah. So there's. There was apparently this fire. Um, but anyway, so the fight, you know, they're, they're talking about like the buildup to it. And they're, when Chicago was built, there was the, it was a city of haves and have-nots. And there was the extreme. And a lot of the have-nots were Irish Catholics because the Protestants running Chicago did not like the Irish Catholics. Hence why uh, Mrs. O'Leary got the bad rap that she got, et cetera. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, nobody, nobody really likes Irish Catholics of any kind. I mean, I don't know why anybody would. But I like, we have to be nice to them. They're here. Let's whatever. Um, we don't have no. There's a difference between <laughs> nice and kind. You can be kind to them without being nice. So uh, all, all kidding aside, just a quick yeah. side note on like the Irish Catholic. I almost said the Irish Catholic problem, but the Irish Catholic like the hatred yeah, the Irish Catholic that exists problem, with Irish yeah, Catholic the people. dilemma. 
this morning, Harry and I were driving in the car to go get his haircut, and um, there was one of the, the, the big Chicago police trucks that they put a lot of people in when they arrest, when they arrest them all. A paddy wagon. Right. So Harry asked, what is that, Daddy? And I almost said a paddy wagon, but I stopped myself because paddy wagon is, is a, a racist. I don't know. It's not racist. Yeah. yeah. But like it's for Irish people because yeah. the cops would throw the drunk Irish people into the wagon. They call it the paddy That's wagon. That's why I can call it a paddy, paddy right. wagon and not even blanch because I'm Irish. Because you're so Irish. So go fuck yourself. Right, exactly. I can say but it I, like, I, I had mind. this moment today where I was like, uh, it's, a, it's an arrest wagon. Like, I don't, what, do you, what, is, what is the official name? I'm sure the Chicago police still call it a paddy wagon because the Chicago police are much It's a paddy wagon. But, I, didn't, I don't know what it is. But anyway. Yeah. Um, well, anyway, so, so Katie and I fall asleep um, watching the Chicago fire on PBS. Shocker that a PBS documentary put us asleep. And I wake up in the morning and I was like, so did you finish watching it? She's like, no, I, I, I dozed off and then came to bed. And I was like, I wonder what happened. <laughs> and she's like, what? I go, I go yeah, did, um, I mean, I just hope when they rebuilt the city that they... That the haves and the have-nots were all living together. That they, that everyone was, you know, because the fire is the great equalizer. And she's like, "Yeah, ha ha ha," because Chicago is not. Chicago rebuilt no, itself after the, the great is, equalizer, and it's there was, still there, completely it's like, divided. It's, it's like we're not a progressive like city Bob's at all. People pissing and moaning about the about the the coronavirus, and the fact of the matter is. A hundred years ago, we went through this exact yeah. same thing without a vaccine that was that was created. Multiple vaccines created within a year. You know, what yeah. I mean, yeah, we've we've been through all this. So what's the fucking damage? Calm down. It's not. Well, the other thing is, you that know? it's also not like let's let's be honest with ourselves. Even this, even this vac, this uh, this virus is not the great equalizer. Yes, it can get everybody. It doesn't discriminate. It will get the rich. It will yeah. get the poor. Except. The rich have an opportunity to avoid it better than the poor do, because the rich might not be living in tenement housing, or the they, can, they have, can go to their private islands. Or you know, remember at the beginning yeah, of the, the pandemic have, when the rich are like, "Oh, I'm, is, I'm hunkering down in my fucking spacious is, mansion by myself in the Hamptons." So, uh, the thing is, you. that's so obvious. If you have resources, and when you yeah. say rich, it's just really having resources. If you have resources more resources than than other people but then yeah you you automatically have uh, a more of a cushion when bad things right. happen you right. know i mean it's just it i mean that's not that i guarantee you that no one's stuck at the afghanistan afghanistan kabul airport i guarantee you not one of them's pulling in six figures a year they're all no. going way yeah. lower everybody oh, yeah. that had money got the fuck out they're of out. dodge and they they're got out of there. they got out yeah. they had their private plays or they could bribe it in you know, that's like it's like the movie. Uh, what's what's that terrible? I mean, it's not that terrible, but it's uh, oh shit! You know how I love Gerard Butler, uh, Greenland. Have you seen that? No. It's not a great movie, but it's basically an end of the world kind of movie. Okay. And the aliens have come, and everything's going, and there's only one place you can go, and it's Greenland, and they have a lottery for people to get on the plane so they can evacuate the cities and all this kind of shit. And you know, and he gets one, but his wife does it, and all this, you know, all this yeah. nonsense. I yeah. mean, it's just high high drama, right? Yeah. But uh, but that was one of the things so funny. It's like really, it it, it became who <laughs> who gets who gets the thing and who has to sit in their house and wait for yeah. devastation devastation to happen and you know and it, i mean that's the fight between the rich and the poor is devastation is going to happen and i, I want to back up one thing because you you made the comment that uh you know the carefree life yeah is it comes from as a promise of sort of like american exceptionalism and yeah. i don't think that's where it comes from i honestly don't really because there's nothing in there is nothing in the promise of the american dream or the American exceptionalism, there's nothing in that that says there won't be hardship. In fact, if you really get to the hardcore of it, it is that there will be you hardship. You have to do hardship, but, yeah. But you can right. you can rise above the hardship. But You the, have to go through it to get yeah, to that exactly. dream. You want that white picket fence yeah. and that house, you have to work really hard and lose you a finger to, in the factory and whatever else, yeah. Yeah, and and it's yeah. you know it's another one of those stoicisms that I love is that uh, suffering is a choice. Pain is inevitable. Suffering is a choice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you decide you're going to suffer, I'm suffering, then uh, um, and that's the microwave, by the way. Um, and so uh, I don't know if you can hear that, but I cannot. But whatever. Yeah, theater of the mind. He, Thank you for theater of the mind. There yeah. you go. But uh, yeah, but you you talked about the. Uh, I also love that Dana chooses when we record the podcast to 
cook and clean the kitchen. Like that's yeah, yeah. It's sort of like we're hey, hey, she's like, I'm gonna be a fifties housewife right now. Food and I'm yeah, I'm gonna make some food. I'm gonna clink some dishes around. Maybe throw a baseball um, through a window, well, bang well, some pots the and thing, pans. The thing, light my, some my favorite thing is is that while we're recording, when she gets her her marching band bass drum, yeah. and boom, 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 right through the living room. It's, yeah, it's I mean, between Dana in the kitchen and Harry just in our microphone, like yeah, you you have Harry, I have. Dana. We have there you go. terrible roommates. We have the worst roommates. <laughs> She's nodding her head this whole time right now. She's getting her food. Um, uh, but yeah, so you went back to, you mentioned like how everyone is, you know, everyone, that America's upset about how, how it's going to be really hard for the Afghan women. Yeah, shut up. We, we knew what, what it was. We had like, 20 what you, years what to do something about, about it. Like what? And also, we had 20 years to recognize there's nothing we can do about it. Yeah. We can, you cannot, you, the, the universal general you, cannot change the minds of a culture that is steeped in itself. Like, we're not going to change the minds of American exceptionalists. You cannot yeah. change the mind of Donald I Trump or George yeah, W. I, Bush or Bill Clinton. I, I 100%, I 100% Barack Obama. guarantee, I can 100% guarantee that you could get, you know, like, all the Antifa that that took over Seattle. <laughs> yeah. Send them over to Afghanistan and you see how well that fucking goes there. Exactly. Because that's just you know what I mean? It's exactly. like it's like in, in Afghanistan with the Taliban, you don't get to wear all black and torch their buildings because they'll fucking shoot you down in the goddamn street. You know street. what we should try. So I mean there is there is there it's like so people decrying that didn't understand that the only way we were gonna protect the only way we could protect the women in Afghanistan is to go in and remove them all from Afghanistan. Right. Right. And we didn't do that. What we did was we put a war there and lots of Afghani women died in those 20 years of war. But we also tried to, and soon yeah. as, as soon as soon as the big bad uh, American boyfriend split, the <laughs> Taliban went good. Jeez. The fucking American boyfriend's gone now, so now let's get back in there and uh, you know light them on fire and make them wear burlap sacks on their face. The big bad American boyfriend—he's got a Harley and fucking sunglass wrap around sunglasses and yeah. He's he's basic. He's he's basically uh, what's uh, Jason Statham. He's Jason Statham in uh, the Expendables. He's He's Vin Diesel. Because yeah, Jason Statham's not American, Seth, right? Like, let's. I know, but you know, it's, but yeah. All right, I'll go Vin Diesel. But Vin Diesel, familia, you know. It's, it, Vin Diesel is a is an honorable man. I would say the American boyfriend <laughs> is probably not that honorable. No, he's not. Yeah, you know, he's probably not that honorable. Let's, he's probably more like uh, what, Peter what, Fond and Easy Rider or something. You okay, know? Like, I was gonna say right, like maybe he's know? one of one of your mom's ex husbands. <laughs> Yeah, you know, maybe, yeah, very much so. But yeah, yeah, the American boyfriend shows up. It's definitely Love not this. Ira Glass. It's definitely not no. Ira Glass. No. Um, but, you know, he comes in and he's got his Harley and he's got his muscle t shirts, you know, and, and he's got his he's got his weight set and his Bowflex. Yeah. He's got his Bowflex that he takes with him. And it's like he's all bowed up, you know, and he, and he does. He has mirrored sunglasses. Uh-huh. And he's like, I'm going to protect you. Afghan women. I'm take care I'm of you. Protect you. I got my AK-47 and my AR-15, and look at this tank I got over here. What? Uh-huh. Oh, oh. So we gotta go. Oh, we're out of beer. All right, All right let's go. Uh, yeah, we're out. Of, we're out of beer. Go fuck yourself. You're on your own. Boom. And then the Taliban go ha ha ha, and they show up and they go, oh, yeah. light them on fire. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not who, saying that like we should care. Like this. Th- this is where I get hung up. Is like. I, I don't think that what the Taliban wants to do with women is kind or good or humanitarily right. But is it our job? Can we fix our own American issues with the way we treat women <laughs> before we start fixing the fucking Taliban well, we issues are. with women? The thing is, we are. <laughs> the thing is, number one, I would say... Um, women in this country do do not, they're not getting lit on fire a lot, maybe a couple, you know, but for the most part, they're not on mass getting lit on fire. Um, for the most part, you right. know, yes, there is, there is a great religious dogma that is trying to overtake you know, the abortion issue and, and reproductive rights yeah. is, you know, it, you know, it's, it's, it, and there's a lot going on, but I still think at 
maybe not at the worst, but in mass, women, American women are treated far better by American men than Afghanistani women are, are yeah. Afghan women are treated by the Taliban. But we I didn't mean, so care let's just, about let's it. Let's just be honest. We, we didn't, didn't give a shit. We didn't until, give a shit until it was like, oh, there's a place called Afghanistan and they they attacked us? Well, not them, but our allies in Saudi Arabia well, has, that harbored the, the terrorists that, that actually did it. You fucking it's white morons. China has, it's why China's got, it, it got the idea because nobody's fighting over Afghanistan because we want to give them democracy. Everybody fights over Afghanistan because it's a fucking entire country filled with fucking minerals yeah. and metals that are used in modern technology. That is what it is. It's all about the mineral rights of that goddamn country. And we have And that's the only reason it does it. Yeah, I mean, we've got four trucks I don't know if and that's Apple. The direct connection Apple on the phones. supply chain, but you get Maybe it. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's so this is again, it's it's not about you know we didn't go in there to protect the democracy. We went in there. That's the that was the let's tell that lie. We went in there because we well, wanted to keep their shit. We but want that their was part shit. Of it. Biden is now saying. First of all, I do think, and I'm I'm not a Joe Biden love. Like I, Joe, whatever. He's fine. He's better than Joe the other Biden. guy. But I do think that Biden is getting a bad rap for how. For this failure of, if we can call it that, you know, for the shit show that is Afghanistan this last week, that's not Joe Biden's fault. It's no. it's uh, it's Reagan's fault. It's Clinton's fault. It's Bush's fault. Both Bushes. It's Obama's. No, fault. it's it's the it's not even of, their fault. Like, the fault that's happening right now is the generals who planned the evacuation. Let's just be simple. Let's be real simple sure. about it. I, I'm you want to blame... Yes, I mean, I'm talking administration, you like blame, America's well, they, way of approaching it. If you want to blame yeah. the reason... If you want to blame 20 years in Af Afghanistan, there's only one person that deserves to blame. There's one human being that deserves to blame for Afghanistan. Donald and Rumsfeld. he should hold it. No. Bin Laden. Fucking Dick Cheney. Fucking Dick Cheney is the guy... He was the architect of this thing. He used Rumsfeld, but it, but it was this was Dick Cheney who who basically said this has to happen. It yeah. was his one percent doctrine that pushed us. That he, but if you want to know who's at fault right now for what's going on right now, it's the fucking generals that thought, hey, uh, what we're going to do is we're going to pull the military out first, yeah, and then we'll get the civilians out. What are you? Like, what are you I, fucking I'm, stupid? I'm, <laughs> I'm not a fucking general. I'm not. I have no military expertise. I have never been in the armed forces. The extent of my military knowledge comes from watching Vin Diesel and Stallone movies. I mean, that's it. I, I, you know, I mean, to be fair, Rambo, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Rambo yeah. did clear out the people we left behind the, in Vietnam all by see, himself what, with a bow and see, arrow. See, that's what I'm so. saying. And I'm saying even I know <laughs> maybe you should have done it the other fucking way and get the civilians out of fucking Afghanistan and then take the military. I mean, that just seems... It seems like a no-brainer, right? I mean, I'm, I know I'm armchair quarterbacking, but don't we all? That's, yeah. We're American. That's what we do. Yeah. All right, Simeon cohort. Here's Don and David with the six things you should do for the week. My first thing this week... Uh, on the topic of how America's really just not that great, uh, this is a subscription-only thing, but I really recommend you do this. Or email me, or Don, at don at literateape.com or david at literateape.com. We will send you the link, uh, written by Matt Tiabi, The yeah. Vanishing Legacy of Barack Obama. On the, road from stirring, uh, on the road from stirring symbol of hope and change to the fat Elvis of neoliberalism, birthday partying Barack Obama sold us all out. This is a... Scathing essay of Barack yeah. Obama, and it's something that I've been saying for a long time. Like he's not the second coming of Christ; he never was. And right away, if you forget, and a lot of us have forgotten, that Obama ran to be the anti-Clinton. Like that's the kind of he was a new kind of Democrat, a new kind of liberal. And immediately, once elected, he he was playing out of the out of their playbook. I mean, he didn't prosecute the banks. Instead, he hired those fuckers to be to run his mm -hmm. treasury department. Like, come on! Anyway, it's it is it is a brutal takedown. I, <sighs> I I can see his point about eighty percent of it. About eighty percent of it is not is not so angry and so snark. Because pretty much, oh, I, and that's I see a hundred percent of it. I just laugh well, that can, shit up. I, when, with with the XYZ podcast, uh, Jackie and I next month we're talking about cancel culture. And when we recorded it, that was one of the we were talking about disinformation online. Yeah, and I said to me, one of my rubrics is number one: Did I pay for it? If I paid for it, I have a higher I have a higher degree of trust in that information, yeah. and I pay for Matt, Matt's uh, sub, uh, Substack. Yeah, but the second thing is. I can determine how full of shit it is based on how angry the writer is. True. If they're really, really angry, 
it's probably a good good chunk of its horseshit. And Matt yeah. is really angry in this article. But he's been saying this since 2009. He has been talking yeah, about th- that Obama sold us out immediately. And I think that he's just like Mike Me is, you know, sick of the fucking lauding over yeah. Obama in his 60s. He was on the cover of Life magazine, a president yeah. at 60. Go fuck yourselves. Who gives a shit? A president sixty. How much of that Life magazine talks about his dr- his the, the the weddings that he bombed and all the civilians so I think it's he killed? Easy. I think God. it's easy to forget. I think it's really easy to forget the American boyfriend named Donald Trump because he was not the boyfriend you wanted. Now, granted, you got Gramps in there now, but the hot black guy was way better, way way oh, of way he was. I fucking would, way way better. I would vote for him again. But what I'm saying no, is too. that. What Obama was not a terrible president. He was a perfectly American president. There you go. And I think that's and I think that's, that's let's be honest with ourselves what that actually yeah. means. Yeah, that's true. He wasn't Santa Claus. Uh, along the same well, don't lines, get me started on uh, Santa Claus and his droning program. Holy Jesus. Jesus. Um, my number one thing is a listen. It's a podcast. It's been around for a little while, but uh, I I've I've often read her uh, her articles. I read her when she was in the New York Times. She was a, she's a little she's a little more conservative for my taste uh, on some issues. She's really, really, really always talking about Israel, which I, I no offense, I don't give a shit about for the most part. But she has a podcast. <laughs> I don't. I don't, I don't fucking yeah, care. whatever. Fuck I that mean, place. I'm sorry. Let's just be honest. It's saying I don't give a shit. Um, but it is her podcast <laughs> called Honestly with Barry Weiss. Um, they're really long, but they're really interesting. Um, and she's had a couple of the last couple that are 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 are, are very, very uh, uh, enlightening, and and I I highly recommend it. She's really winning. She's a great interviewer. That's the thing I like the best about it is that she is she gets really good people on, and then she's a really good interviewer. And so they get in some really good topics. And so I've I've enjoyed that podcast yeah. honestly yeah. with Barry Weiss. My next thing is also listen, um, radio show or the podcast if you missed the show. Oh, an episode of This American Life. I, I, How do we do that? Because our first episode was I know. called Ira Glasses. I feel Clock. weird. I feel, <laughs> I feel weird saying I mean, it. Here's why you should listen to it. Um, well, one, Ira Glass isn't on it other than to just introduce the show. And he teases it up, and then he gives it to an actual reporter who's got a voice that you can stand yeah, a little yeah. bit. Um, but this is really, it's really cool. Um, it's called Act 5, and it is about a, a group of inmates at a high-security prison in, or just outside of St. Louis, um, that are rehearsing and perform a stage production of the last act of Hamlet. And oh, wow. I'm, I, I'm not a Shakespeare guy. Shakespeare... Like I get it, Shakespeare's and everything. Yeah, we've I talked about. That. I yeah. love Shakespeare. So, yeah. um, but what's interesting about this is Hamlet is essentially this guy who's weighing the options: should I kill my uncle? Shouldn't I kill my uncle? He's su- he's such a navel gazing, you know, liberal. Like I don't know. Um, but now you're so he's he's trying to d- determine what what to do about murder. Should I murder the guy that murdered my dad? Yeah. Now you put that 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 you know, man versus self in the hands of people who have literally murdered before. What does that mean? You think this is the first time that, I just want to find, do you think this is the first time that they've had Shakespeare done by prisoners? No, but, no. But it's the first time, it's the first time you can listen to it. I know, but it's the first time you can listen to it. And the characters that they have, these inmates are really interesting. One of the guys, like, he breaks down like, plot problems and structure issues with Shakespeare and you're like oh that's an interesting point about that character why it's it's it's, and reason, it's interesting and the only it's reason you're surprised by that is the is is the image of uh, someone that's in prison is somehow stupid no just they because they're not, they're not no, educated and, no not at all and, and there's plenty of educated people it's in, because, in fact they get educated in prison a lot of times it's because i just because i personally haven't heard people say that there's problems with hamlet's character structure Oh, there's because, no problems because he's Shakespeare. It's why he's mm. such, no, it's why he's such an enduring character. All right, so that's good. So that's This I, American I, Life. Yeah, it's called Act 5. Right. Um, and then you don't have to listen to America, This American Life until we recommend it again because every glass is a bore. Me. Um, and a twat. 
Another thing that is is hard to watch, but I absolutely recommend it, is uh, one of the things I, you know, I did the free month of Hulu, so I'm watching all my Hulu shit right now, um, so I don't have to pay for it later. Right. Um, and uh, there's a documentary called Untouchable on Hulu, okay. and it is about the rise and fall of Harvey Weinstein. And not mm. a lot of it surprised me, but some of it did. Um, a lot of the stuff that uh, that that really came out of it for me was, I mean, they they don't even get to Ronan Farrow until like the last like twenty minutes of this documentary, yeah. Because this is all about like actually him, you know, when he started as a concert promoter, and and they've got some of the women that actually were raped talking about it in interview. Wow. I mean, it is a it is it is highly worth your time. Um, it's very well, it's a very well-made documentary. It's not fun to watch. I'm not yeah. going to say, Hey, this, this is a yeah, wow. It's so popcorn and get some Twizzlers and have popcorn a blast. and yeah. some fuzzy fizzies and enjoy. No, but it is very good. It's very well done. And I recommend it. Untouchable on Hulu. All right. And my third thing to do this week is on Disney plus watch. What if? God damn it. Yeah. This yeah. last episode. So th- this episode is so fun. what if, what if T'Challa, Black Panther, were Star Lord, and it's this is Chadwick Boseman's. He he reprises his role as a child. This last, is his, yeah. I don't know if he's in other episodes. I don't think no, he no, this is. Was this his is last. It. This is his last performance. Yeah. So I will say this without spoiling it if you haven't watched it yet. But the <laughs> fuck it, spoilers. Yeah. Let's just do this. Yeah. Be- because because T'Challa is Star Lord. T'Challa because he's such a good person. Like that's what makes this so great too. Because you're like Chadwick Boseman is so awesome that. T'Challa is able to get, to get Thanos to take a different route and not commit genocide, and as a result, Thanos is now one of the Ravengers, and he's a good guy. Yeah, but he but still keeps still, having the conversation with everybody about here's my idea. That's genocide. No, but it's not because it's, it's random. It's, it's random. So fucking and it's funny. efficient. And like how you Nebula know, is. Do you know how much fun like, Josh Brolin had doing oh, that? Oh, I'm sure. Josh Brolin probably would just. I, I'm sure they just had the time of their lives for that one. Yeah, but this the. The jokes about genocide are as hilarious oh. and perfectly yep. executed as is the the dedication at the end of Chadwick Boseman is heart wrenching. Like it's, I, I just had so much fun watching Thanos make and everybody like make genocide jokes, like just being like, "Oh, dude, could yeah. you quit talking about fucking genocide? Like it's just stop." <laughs> yeah, enough's enough. Yeah, and they're no, all like, it's... "Ah ha ha!" Like, "Oh, there goes Don again, bitching about," you know. Whatever the, I bitch about. The police aren't killing black people exclusively. You know, ah, oh, shut up, Don. It's like that. It, God, it's so like, funny. Right. But it's such a good show. Yeah, no, I, I highly, highly recommend it. And what I do know is uh, that that part of the agenda is that at the end of this, uh, they're going to have uh, an alternate Avengers. Yeah. And it, the alternate Avengers are going to be Captain Carter and T'Challa's Star-Lord, and, you know, like, that that's kind of the direction, which I can't wait. I just think it's been yeah. a lot of fun. I yeah. enjoy it. Uh, my third thing is, and it's it's rare for me to find what I would say is a perfect 10-episode limited series about anything. Okay. I mean, like, like, start to finish from the fucking credits to the end credits, to the music, to the acting, to the performances, to the casting, to the fucking subject matter, where I can say this is as close to perfect television as I could ever see in my life. Mm, okay. Understanding that I love my politics and I love my my political dramas, I love my real-life figures played by other actors like JFK and all the president's men and, you know, and, and primary colors. I love that shit. Yeah. On Hulu, Mrs. America. Yeah. Kate Blanchett plays Phyllis Schlafly. Oh. Uh, Rose Byrne plays... Uh, 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 Gloria Steinem. Shit. Gloria Steinem. Yep. I mean, it is... Uh, 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 Tracy Ullman plays Betty for Dan. Oh. I am oh. telling you... It's so good. It is start to finish... One of them, for me, one of the single, first of all, I think it's in, it's highly relevant because we are now approaching exactly the outcome of that ERA vote. We're, we're approaching a new Reaganism. Yeah. And the thing about it is, it's like Reaganism was Reaganism, but it was nice and sweet. Reaganism, Trump was Reaganism, except if you, you took away the nice and sweet and just made it a, a big piece of shit screaming at people. If, you're, if you replace so, the jelly beans with rocks. 
Yeah, yeah, with rocks and, and turds. And, uh, you know. <laughs> Rock hard and, turds. Uh, but we're definitely, I mean, Roe v. Wade, the thing, Roe v. Wade is now at, at great risk right now. Yeah. Um, all kinds of stuff. We're really returning to it. So I think it's very instructive. But I really thought, and, I'm, and all I'll say is episode nine convinced me something. And I've always thought she was a very good actor. But I, I, actually, I actually think Sarah Paulson is maybe one of our greatest single actors yeah. alive yeah. with her character character of, uh, is it Alice? It's Alice. Mm-hmm. How she's, she's just kind of there. She's just kind of in the background, like for eight episodes, she's kind of in the background. And then num- and episode nine is all about her. And yep. I'm telling you, it is stunning. Yeah. Absolutely stunning. I can't recommend it enough. If you have, if you don't have Hulu, Fucking get the free subscription. You can always unsubscribe after you watch. But absolutely watch Mrs. America. I yeah. mean, I still can't. I think this I is something I recommended a couple of years ago or a year ago. Yeah. Because it I is so, so good. Yeah. I hadn't seen it because um, I didn't do Hulu. And I'm telling you, even, even to the point that they used the, the, the disco version of Beethoven's Fifth. Yeah. I mean, I sometimes I would watch that goddamn opening credit sequence yeah. three times before I watched the episode because I love that so much. Yeah. I loved everything about it, so I recommend it, and uh, that is my third thing. So this week, I want you to not read the news, or if you do go into Apple, I want you to look for the feel-good stories. I want you to read about the Kardashians and uh, YouTubers and mm-hmm. influencers mm-hmm. And there's, uh, they always have some stuff about cooking. I did see. Read I, a little bit about cooking. I did That'll see make you one feel better thing about, life. about Zoe Kravitz and Ryan Reynolds. Is that her guy? No, no. Ryan Reynolds is with Bla- uh, Blair Underwood. Uh, Blake Blake Lively. Yeah, I think it's Blair Underwood. No. Pretty sure he's with Blair Underwood. Blake is a guy's name. Blair is a girl's no, name. No, she's, she's he's with he's with Frank Underwood. Oh right, yeah, yeah. Francis, Francis Underwood. Francis Underwood. Lady's yeah, name, yeah, okay, right? That's it. the one. Uh, yeah, no, yeah. There, I, whoever Zoe Kravitz and her and her boyfriend Lenny, her husband Lenny. Yeah. Um, oh, that's gross. <laughs> Zoe and her husband Lenny Kravitz riding a, a unicycle or a bike or something. Like I did see some dumb shit like that. I should have clicked so, on that story. So then I yeah, would know that dude, Zoe Kravitz is not married to her father. I exactly. Would be, read read some that fluffy <laughs> shit so you don't get beaten down by the news. Because trust me. <laughs> For every Afghanistan, Kabul, chaotic thing, every kind of nightmare, there is a guy who in uh, the, at the 350-pound grill, heart attack grill here in Las Vegas, who beat the record and ate eight and a half pounds of fucking hamburger in like five minutes. And so <laughs> for every bad right. thing, there is an equally stupid thing. And let's, let's spend a little more time with the stupid and life will seem a lot less uh, anxious. Best advice you could give. That's the show. Thanks for listening. You can listen to the Literate Apecast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or any place you find your podcast, Jones. If you enjoy listening to Two White Guys Holding Court, review or share the show on your own platforms, or throw us a few bucks on Patreon. For more information about Literate Ape, go to literateape.com and check out the rest of our podcasts, all of our writing, and our events. Music on the Apecast is courtesy of Mike Vinopal and Local Motive. You can find them all over Chicago and online at locomotiveband.com.